Hey guys, this is Better You, the podcast that will help you make small incremental changes to achieve incredible results. A 1% change per day over the course of a year will make you 37 times better. And that's what we're all about here at Better You. Now, let's join your hosts, John and Ryan. All right, John. How's your week going, man? My week is going awesome. It always is awesome because I'm in control of how my week is going to go. There we go. There we go. Well, hey, today's topic, fixed mindset versus growth mindset. And I know that you and I have talked a lot about this. And so super excited for us to have this topic. You know, hey, everyone, put down what you're doing. Really key in here. Take some note. You don't want this going past you because there's some incredible stuff here. So, John, let's go ahead and start out, as we always do, by a definition. Alexa, what's the definition of a growth mindset? According to another Amazon customer, alternatively, in a growth mindset, people believe that their most basic abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work. Brains and talent are just the starting point. And Alexa, what's the definition of a fixed mindset? I didn't test that one. She might not like it. Because Alexa doesn't have a fixed mindset. There you go, right? No. I mean, it's the opposite. A growth mindset means that we can continually get better. And a fixed mindset says, the talents that I have, I was given at birth. I can't make them any better than I currently have. So if I'm not good at something, why bother trying? So it's kind of like that, hey, my IQ, I was born with it. It is what it is. And that's the box that I live in. That's kind of the fixed mindset. Am I correct? It is. Okay. It is. And and growth mindset is, hey, look, it really doesn't matter where I am today. I can always change the future. So there's this thing called brain plasticity. And what it means is your brain is capable of changing. They used to think that kind of what you were born with, your brain, once you got to a certain age, you really didn't learn that much more. You were who you were going to be. But that's not really true. They found that your brain continually changes. And I wasn't thinking about talking about this part, but it's something that's really interesting. So they do this thing as a surgery to brand new infants who their brains don't fully develop. I believe it's called a hemispherectomy, where they actually remove half the brain. So you have a right lobe and a left lobe. And they remove half of it. And in the beginning, they thought, well, I mean, they're not really going to be able to function. But believe it or not, the brain's plasticity, its ability to mold itself, takes the other half of the brain and it automatically divides it into a new right and left hemisphere. And they do it early enough, I believe, doing this in kind of the womb, the person will come out and not have very many noticeable things wrong. They'll have the same cognitive ability as you and I. Their brain has just decided it had to work some new neural pathways. So we are not fixed. We have the capability of becoming whatever we want to become as long as we have the right mindset. I, I mean, that, that's amazing how even physiologically, you know, our bodies can change and adapt to what we would consider, you know, a disadvantage. So what we're saying here is we're saying that really it's all how we think rather than how we physically show up. Am I correct? Yes. The most powerful weapon we have is our mind how we interact with the world, everything goes through the mind. You know, sometimes they say, hey, love is in the heart, right? The heart's just a muscle. Love is in your mind. And how you determine and how you look at things is the glasses that we wear when we pull in all these different perceptions and then we interact with the world that way. So if your mind is set in a stagnant position as a fixed mindset and you say, you know, all my life I've been told I was stupid, so I'm stupid, and there's nothing I can do about it. You then give up. We talked about perseverance before. Perseverance is a direct result of a growth mindset. You can't really have a fixed mindset, I believe, and have a super amount of perseverance because you believe you have limits. Right? There, there are limits. And anytime you limit something, you don't push those limits in general. But if you believe there are no limits on your capabilities and your talents, 
then you literally can do anything. It goes back to that, whether it is impossible or the same exact word, different spacing with a, an apostrophe, I am possible. So, John, let's take a step back a little bit because I, I really like where you're going with this. So let's talk at a higher level. Fixed mindset versus growth mindset. Why do I want one, not want another? And, and what have I got to be beware of here? So you want a growth mindset. And this is, this is all relatively new. It comes from Carol DeWick. She, I believe, was in Stanford. And it's really since kind of the early 2000s. The best way to explain this might be one of her original studies. So she took kids, and we're going to talk about changing just three words and how you approach interacting with, with folks. So she had 400 students. She gave them puzzles to do, relatively easy puzzles. And they completed the puzzles. And half the group of people, she said to them, wow, great job because you're smart. Okay? That half of the group that way. She praised the other people. She said, wow, really good job because you worked hard. So one group about a fixed thing, like you're smart, an identity attached thing. And the other group about the level of effort that they put in. Then they gave them a choice for an easy puzzle or a hard puzzle. And unbelievable, the people who she told you were smart to picked the easy puzzle. The people that she told worked hard picked the harder puzzle. They challenged themselves and wanted to do more. And if you think about that, just on a basic level, the reason that happens is if your entire identity is tied to you being told you're smart, why would you want to take a risk and fail at something hard and then be told that, well, if you didn't, you, so you start connecting things, right? Well, if I wasn't able to do that, then that means I'm not, I'm not as smart as you thought I was and I lose favor in your eyes. So why should I even bother trying? So it's all kind of new stuff, but it really, really makes sense that if you praise the effort of somebody, and we'll talk a little bit about praise in and of itself too, because I'm going to bring a different part in. But the beginning, if you're, praise, if you're praising somebody, it's better to praise their effort than things they don't really have control of that they accept as part of their identity. Imagine, and I do this, and I did it today. I got, got a phone call from a family member, and I said, hey, beautiful. And as soon as I said, it's just a habit. I thought to myself, man, I've been conditioning somebody that what if something were to happen, they may believe that I like them because of their looks. Since they were a baby, I've always been like kind of like that. If something were to happen to their looks, would they associate that I no longer like them? I'm not saying that would happen, but I'm setting a pathway up for that potentially happening. And as we interact with people in our lives, we have to be cognizant of what we're praising because we are actually putting them on a path to whether or not they're going to associate things to something static, fixed, or something that they say, you know what, I do try hard and nothing's ever going to break me. No process, no obstacle, no impediment is going to stop me from getting what I want. Well, you know, you just, you just opened up a whole bunch right there. So identity, uh, when, when, when we attach approval to someone's identity, IQ, you're smart, you're handsome, you're beautiful. Now they have something to lose if that identity is challenged. Am I correct there? Yes. And, you know, what, what, what popped into my head, when we look at people and they've got a haircut like from the 80s or 90s, <laughs> as John <laughs> runs his fingers through his hair, that's a COVID uh, hairstyle that John is sporting there. Or they're, they, they're wearing clothes like they did in the 80s or 90s. It was explained to me this way. They were told that they looked nice in those clothes back then. And they continue to wear the same style because they got a compliment and they don't want to lose that compliment. So it's become an identity. And now we look at them and we're like, hey, you need to update your wardrobe. I mean, you're like 20 years behind, right? 
or your hairstyle or whatever. And it's because they that's their identity. Hey, someone told me they made me feel good when I looked that way or I wore those clothes. And so that's what I continue to dress myself with because that's who I am or that's how people uh, are going to appreciate me the most. Why change it? It seems like it's working, right? Right. So, 100%. And most people don't have conversations with other people in a manner, I always say, between nice and kind, right? Nice, I'm just not going to say, yeah, hey, man, that looks great. I got nothing to invest in it. Kind is that hard part where you kind of throw yourself a little bit under the bus to be able to give somebody something that they can sink their teeth in and, and potentially look at slightly different. There you go. There you go. Now, I've heard it also explained, fixed mindset is glass half empty. Growth mindset is glass half full. So if, as I'm looking around, I'm always looking for problems or, you know, the negative, I I have more of a fixed mindset because everything should be a certain way. And if it's not that way, then someone's dropping the ball or someone's not doing what they should be doing versus growth mindset. I'm looking around and I'm like, Hey, there's, there's an opportunity there. There's an opportunity there. There's an opportunity there, right? Old building there. You know, you could put something up here because of the traffic and because of how business has grown up. So we're, we're future oriented rather than, you know, complain, complain, complain. The, the world looks horrible. Now, Carol also talks, and by the way, her book is called Mindset. You can get it on Audible. It's great. Uh, John and I have both been through it. She also does, she's got some TED Talks out there. She also talks about how we can have growth and fixed mindsets in different areas of our life. So, so why don't we talk a, a little bit more about, you know, that, that, that growth mindset, fixed mindset, and how we identify which one we might have and, and, and how we can put on more of a growth mindset focus. Yeah, so that's, that's actually a cool segue. And you don't even know I have this, but we'll put a link in. This is a checklist that I ran that I found. And it literally has a way for you to determine where you are on the scale between growth and fixed mindset, right? It asks questions like, your intelligence is something very basic about you that you cannot change very much. And it's strongly agree, agree, disagree, or strongly disagree. Uh, No matter how much intelligence you have, you can always change it quite a bit. Only a few people will be truly good at sports. You have to be born with that ability. And it goes on. I'm not going to read them all. We'll put a link there. So you can figure out where you are. The growth mindset is a mindset that says, I'm constantly searching. I would look at, so instead of a pessimistic, optimistic kind of view in the glass, I would change it a little bit to be more of a uh, an opportunity versus there's nothing I can do about it mentality, right? Like, like that. What, yeah, what am I going to um, – there's nothing I can do about it. We all run into these people. I like to surround myself with can-do people. I call them energy givers. If you're an energy taker in my life, I really – I limit the amount of time that I, I'm with an energy taker, but I like energy givers. And if I said something like, hey, man, I got this great idea, Ryan. Why don't we blah, 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 and you come back and you're like, man, you're not going to be able to do that. Here's why you can't do it. It is kind of pessimistic, but it also might be the inability, if you have a fixed mindset, the inability to see the opportunity in all the things. We had a conversation before we started talking about this, and that conversation was about something that was perceived potentially as problematic. In our conversation, we both saw the opportunity that it presented. I mean, it presented a really cool opportunity that we hadn't thought about before, and we didn't think about it because we weren't forced to think in a different direction. So every single thing we face in life is an opportunity. And I learned that from a boss a while back. We had to go, I had to go see a client, and the client was really angry at me. Stuff that really wasn't necessarily in my control, but kind of like, hey, I want you to do A, B, and C. Oh, now that you, and I said, well, if we do that, this is going to happen. You're not going to like it. Just do it. And, it. and it happened. And she wanted to talk to my boss about why the result I predicted was going to happen happened. I was like, man, I hate that you have to go and deal with this. He, and he looked at me and he said, this is the opportunity to wow this 
client. And I thought, huh, I never really thought of it that way. And from that point forward, I began to look at those things. Everything that gets thrown in your path is an opportunity. I had to change my daughter's head gasket on her car. I didn't really want to do it because it's a lot of work. I'm not a mechanic, but I do a lot of mechanical stuff. I approached each time as, you know what? I never worked in this vehicle like that. This is going to be pretty cool to do. And I literally had to pull that engine apart four times. And I didn't get frustrated a single time that I pulled the engine apart simply because I changed my mind about it. Powerful here, guys, because what John's talking about here in changing your, the way that you look at things, changing your perception of I'm viewing something as an opportunity. In this study that they did, they actually saw that when you, instead of avoiding pain and challenge and trials, if you would lean into it, uh, and we teach our brains to, to lean into it, that actually there's chemical stuff that happens in the brain. I'll, I'll let John talk to that. Um, that. That's more his speed. But we actually get stronger physiologically through the way that we approach things, uh, and, and we become stronger through it. So, so again, we're growing because we go through a challenge. So if we see a challenge and we're like, all right, here's an opportunity. I'm going to grow through this, whether I get it right or wrong or what, whatever the outcome is, it's a growth opportunity. I'm physically going to change to be better than I was before as, as I go through that opportunity versus if I have a fixed mindset, what I do is I avoid those situations and I don't change, I don't grow, I don't get any better. So, John, talk, talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so in challenging yourself, one of the premier things that drives human motivation is we generally do things for the most part to avoid pain and to move toward pleasure. So in doing the avoiding the pain piece, there's less chance to actually grow because it's through pain. And, and you may have heard me say this a couple of times, but you cannot create a diamond unless you have carbon, heat, and pressure. You couldn't create oil without heat and pressure. You can't create steel without heat and pressure of iron. Those are they're needed. I believe the same thing is true of a person's character. You cannot change a person's character without heat and pressure. Heat and pressure is that pain that we all go through in our life. Sometimes we don't know what that, why that pain is there until later on. When you can overcome your fear of the unknown, right? Fear is simply our ability to not necessarily understand something. And quick question for you here. Have you ever jumped out of an airplane? Nope. Would you have some fear if we went up to, say, 16,000 feet, strapped a shoe down and jumped out? 100%. But the only reason you have that fear is because you don't know all the things about it. And as soon as you learn about how safe it actually is and you do it, every time you jump out, you still have this little thing that in the back of your head that says, Man, what happens if my chute doesn't open? Right? I got another one. What and I actually did a ride down on a reserve chute. So I have had a bit of a, a harrowing scare where at the end of that jump, I had an entire month before I could jump again because I wasn't allowed to pack my reserve. And it opened through my automatic opening device because I got too low. So fear in and of itself, we sometimes look at it as a bad thing and a thing to avoid. If you want to supercharge your life, you find out the things you're afraid of and you tackle them. And as soon as you begin to explore why you're afraid, it's like a kid. But a kid is scared sometimes that maybe there's something underneath their bed. And as adults, we look and we know, well, there's really nothing underneath your bed. But your mind plays games with you. So as soon as you can begin to wrap yourself around your fears and understand those things, you begin to rewire your brain. You get dopamine hits from being able to conquer different things, feeling the satisfaction of doing things. And then you want more of that. And it winds up feeding on itself. The earlier you can start somebody with a growth mindset, parent talking to a child, the better they're going to be in being able to see that. And you can so well look at kids and talk to kids and determine which ones have more of a fixed mindset and which ones have more of a growth mindset. 
So I think that's an excellent segue. You know, we're talking about kids. We're talking about growth versus fixed mindset and developing that. So they also have done a study. that There was a school that changed a failing grade into a not yet grade. So a person didn't fail. They just didn't get to where they needed to get to yet. And so one, one of Carol Dweck's recommendations here is that we, we change the perception, we change the communication that we have with our kids from, hey, either you won or lost, succeeded, failed, to the word yet, right? You, you didn't get there quite yet, right? Not yet. Because it demonstrates, the words demonstrate that there's still room for improvement. It, I'm, I'm still in the process and, and there's not a hard wall that stands in front of me uh, from from continuing to develop and progress. Failure sounds final, doesn't it? Yes. If, somebody, if you get an F on a test, that sounds final. Why bother going any further? But if somebody just says, look, maybe you haven't worked hard enough. You're not yet to the level I want you to be. I know you can be there, but you're not there yet. You just feel like, let me try a little bit harder. The thing that came into my mind there was, you know, in, in math and statistics, you know, you learn about the bell curve. And as that curve comes down, it approaches the line. And, and it's called the long tail. It never, ever touches the line. It just continues to approach the line. So I look at our potential as the same. We can get really good at something, right? I can be at like 80%, 90%. But I've always got the ability to, to, to grow a little bit more, to get a little bit better. So I, I'm never going to hit that line, even as I try, 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 and develop, develop, and grow, grow, grow. I, I've still got room, no matter how good I am, to get just a little bit better. And so with that understanding, you know, there, there's so many more opportunities that can open up in front of us. Understanding that if I just try in a direction and I'm not there yet, I keep trying. And, and as I keep trying, I keep learning and I keep getting closer. And all of a sudden, I pick my head up, you know, and, and I travel miles or states or continents, right? And it's amazing what we can do if we will apply ourselves and if we will change our mindset and if we will look for opportunity instead of confinement. That's a cool segue into, so the growth mindset is such a good thing. How does one begin to cultivate a growth mindset? The first thing is you've got to realize that there are growth and fixed mindsets. In a little while, we'll kind of go over some things that a fixed mind thinks about and how a growth mind will think about it different. But the very first thing that you need to do is you need to begin to change your belief. And step number one is to believe that you can figure out anything. That's me. When somebody says, oh, it can't be done, I'm usually like, okay, I might not do it right there, but I am going, it becomes a challenge to me. Everything can be done. Just because, I mean, if you go back to cavemen and you think back, you don't even have to go back, you can go back 100 years and you think about what we're doing today, walking around. If you see somebody with a phone in their hand, you don't even have to have a phone in your hand anymore. I sent a text out before and I just talked to my phone. I introduced this thing by talking to, I don't want to say her, her name because Echo gets, she will interact with me right now if I do give her activation. But there's things that you can't imagine that happen and they can't get there. I can remember this. I was walking home from college one day. I, I went to, I had to get into college quickly due to political stuff that wound up happening. I had to get out of high school half year early, which turned out to be a great opportunity for me, right? Uh, but I was walking home, and I was really interested because I was going to a business music school. And I was, I was interested in songs. And I was like, you know, I should start writing songs. And I thought while I walked home, what hasn't been – I mean, everything worth singing has already been written, right? <laughs> Every television show, how can there be anything – I've seen so much stuff. How can there be anything new? And that was 35 years ago. There is stuff on the horizon always. And we keep speeding faster and faster toward it. But I probably stopped myself back then. You talk about a fixed mindset. I did write a couple of kind of songs, but 
you know, I just had in the back of my head, there's probably no new stuff that anyone wants to talk about. There's always new stuff. There's always new ways of doing things. And we all bring to the table. If you had a fixed mindset and you didn't proceed with your talent, you deprive other people of the great things that you could bring. That's right. You know, there, there's so much that lies within us and all of us are as unique as our fingerprints are based on our, our parents and the environments that we grew up in and, and just all of the different experiences, right? We're, we're all so unique. And I think a lot of times, you know, that comparison factor, we, we compare ourselves to other people that seem to have it better than us or seem to be talented against talented fixed mindset, right? Uh, hey, they, they were born that way. That's, the, that's why they are the way that they are. If we would understand the, the uniqueness and the specialness that each one of us have, there are things that we each can do that uniquely no, one, no other person can do because they don't have our perception, they don't have our makeup, they don't have any of that, which means that the sky's the limit. The sky's literally the limit. And, and I'm thinking here, John, you know, there, there are certain movies that I like. You know, Rocky. Who is Rocky? Uh, I mean, learn the story behind the story, but, you know, someone who wanted to take on the heavyweight champion of the world and, and didn't have a prayer and no one believed him and he was able to defeat him. And he, he didn't have privilege. He didn't talk well. He wasn't the smartest person. And you learn that that was actually a pretty accurate backstory for Sylvester Stallone's actual upbringing, right? You know, a knight's tale. You know, here's this surf, this boy who can't become a knight because he doesn't have this uh, royal lineage or, or whatever, right? And he finds a guy who can write and, you know, he kind of makes it up and he goes through and bests the best knights and, and wins all this stuff and, and then finally is granted uh, a knighthood. They overlook that, right? The popular uh, statement in the movie is you can change your stars. So be thinking about the areas of your life where maybe you're holding yourself back and you've got a lot of potential, you've got a, a, a lot of unique ability, but in order to release that, you've got to give yourself permission and you've got to take on a growth mindset. And that, that step number one, right? I can do anything. There's nothing that cannot be done. Great summary of that. Step number two is questioning your assumptions. You cannot grow if you don't take stock of where you are and you can't just do it with yourself, you got to do it with other people because we have blind spots and we're going to lie to ourselves because I read this a while back and it really was eye opening. but we judge our own intent generally favorably, right? But we don't, if I, if I do something with you, I don't tell you, Hey, this is my intent. I just assume that you know, my intent is good, but guess what? We judge other people's intent on when they do stuff negatively. Hmm. So that dynamic causes problems. If you're trying to figure out how you're going to fix yourself, you're not going to do it. I can tell you right now, you're not going to be able to look objectively at yourself. So you need a trusted agent who you know doesn't have some ill will kind of stuff with you, right? Who's going to say, have you ever thought about looking at it this way? Because we don't know what we don't know, and you can't see what you're not looking at. So having somebody focus you on things, you question your assumptions, you could ask somebody. I could say, hey, Ryan, you know, I noticed that when I do X, and we, then we can have a conversation. I begin to question the things that I believe to be true. Let me ask you this. Ten years ago, do you know stuff today about yourself that ten years ago you would say I would do things differently? thousand percent yes right how's about 20 years ago big time okay so it would seem to be just like a hundred years ago in human history we've made some great strides we went from a little more than a hundred years ago we weren't even flying to putting a, a person on the moon that's phenomenal leaps there are tremendous potential in things so it goes to say that if 10 years ago you would do things different than you would do today. And 20 years ago, you'd do things even more different if you had the knowledge today. Then 10 years from the future, you're going to look back at yourself today 
And you're going to say, if I would have known that, I would have done things different. That's when you pull in trusted advisors. That's why your business is so important in the financial aspect. Most people, they don't get taught how to use money. Money's a tool. What they do is they don't question their assumptions about money. They learn the broken system from their parents. Maybe they throw a couple, I won't do what they did kind of things in there. But if you're given the information today, you could shortcut that 10 years ahead and not learn the hard way. So you got to question your assumptions. And what, what is it that they say when you're looking at investing something, you know, you can't judge the past on the results today, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so forward-looking statements. So, so you can't uh, guarantee future results based on past performance. Yeah. So I actually wrote that down in my notes thinking about you because that applies to what we're talking about today. You so, cannot judge your future results by where you stand today, especially if you have a fixed mindset. You question your assumptions, you believe you can do anything, and you just want to get stuff done and you're focused on a result, you will go much further than that person who's like, it is what it is. So so let me give you a really good example. I'm glad that you brought that up, uh, and, and maybe we can we can use this example to really understand first fixed versus growth mindset, and, and let's apply some, some money to it, right? With the recession, the Great Recession, uh, 2007 to 2009, 2008, the market went down, you know, it was at 11 and it went down to like eight and people got really scared. We had all the doom and gloom. Of course, you know, I, hey, I was employed during uh, those two years during the recession. I couldn't buy a job at Walmart or, or any other place. Uh, I, was, I was too overqualified. Living with family, families were losing their businesses and their homes and, and it was a crazy time. Well, if I had a fixed mindset and I was like, man, I am pulling my money out of the market and I'm going to save what little I have so that it doesn't go down to zero, which by the way, it would never go to zero because if, if our market went to zero, we'd have much bigger problems than the money the in the money bank. The money that right? you had wouldn't be worth anything anyway. Even right? if you pulled it out. Right, right. It, it, exactly. Right. So, so that thinking, be, be, beware of those thoughts, right? From that point to 20, the beginning of 2020, we went from eight to almost 30,000. I'm going to say, I think we were at 6,500. Okay. Let's say 6,500. Low, right? I'm just spitballing here. Um, to almost 30,000. It was the longest upswing in our stock market in history, people thought that the world was ending in the recession. They pulled their money out and they missed more than a 300% return in just 10 years. Now, I have people all the time that ask me, well, where can you get, you know, a, a decent return? They will, you know, where are you getting 9%, 10%, 12%, right? We're talking 300% in 10 years. That's, that's an average of 30% a year. If I have a fixed mindset and I'm pulling that out and, and I'm like, no, you know, nothing, you know, th this, is, this is where it is. Oh, woe is me versus a growth mindset of, man, if I'm in a hole, it can, all, it can only go up. <laughs> now is a good time to put it all in, right? <laughs> and, and, and let's see how high this can go. Yeah, it's pushing so, away that fear. And yeah. the way you push away the fear is with knowledge. And, and that's the key. So, so uh, again, let, let's go back to what you said before. We've got to be open to other ideas. We've got to be open to the fact that maybe we don't have all the information. And then as we become educated and, and, and as we learn more about, and I'll stay with finance, you know, the market and what it's done in the, the past and what triggers what and, and what tends to grow and not grow and, you know, how everything works together. Now, as an educated person, I can, yeah, I can't predict the future, but I could probably say that right now technology is something that's going to grow. Telecommunications is probably something that's going to grow because yeah. we're going through COVID. We're coming to you in two different places of Virginia. 
uh, having this little chat, can I take a look at history and, and kind of have an understanding? Yeah. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't predict the future. But that's that growth mindset of education, doing what you fear, understanding that I've got unlimited potential. I'm unique. I can do a lot of stuff. And man, it just changes your world. Yep. And so what you're talking about is actually the very next step. It's to develop a life curriculum for yourself. What that means is you need to be kind of eclectic, right? You need to know stuff about a lot of different things. But there are certain things that the more you know about, like these topics that we're talking about right now, the more you know about, the better you have. If you went to college, and I did this, right? When, when, I, went, when I went into college, outside of when, right after I came out of high school, right? When I went in, uh, when I was in the military, I, I was focused on a goal. The goal was to get a degree. And I took my previous college and other stuff into uh, an office, and I said, what's the fastest degree I could get? And, you know, they were like, well, this, that. I was like, okay, that's not fast enough. So I went to the next college, and I wound up going to Troy State, and they said, well, you could get a degree in management, and we can take these credits and this and do this. And here's a list of all the courses. So you got to pick three out of this six. You got to do – so I had a roadmap. That roadmap is a life curriculum. We don't do that enough in our current life because we're kind of too busy sometimes. But if you build yourself a continuous learning thing, there are so many tools out there, Khan Academy, TED Talks, podcasts. If you're not at least growing yourself in the line of work that you're in, you're hurting yourself and you're becoming stagnant. As information comes into us, that helps us question our assumptions that's the thing that kickstarts you getting out of that, well, maybe things are possible, right? Because when you believe something's impossible and somebody does it, that's impotent for you to move out of your fixed mindset. So you just triggered a memory and an idea here. So in a past profession, when I was up in D.C. as a workforce solutions advisor, one of our presidents came to us via Sally May. He talked about what was called the, what he called the sea of sameness. Meaning, if the majority of people aren't reading books, aren't uh, developing themselves, don't have that lifetime curriculum mindset, we're all kind of stagnant. How do I compete against that? If if I'm a, a business owner, my family, as an individual, I look like everyone else looks. I'm doing just enough to get by, doing just enough for the weekend, you know, have a whole bunch of regrets because I, I, I didn't challenge my fears. I didn't develop myself, didn't really unleash my potential. That's what, what's called the sea of sameness. Well, if everyone pretty much looks like that and I do start developing myself and I do start reading books and, and really applying myself, all of a sudden, boom, I'm no longer in the sea of sameness. I'm, I'm kind of standing up. And, you know, apart from, from what everyone else looks like, it's amazing how little you need to do to really separate yourself from average. The difference between the people that are mediocre and the people that are top 5% is not 45%. It's like, Well, you know, I love that you say that because when I got my students, they came to, there was a seven block course. When they got to block seven and they got out of their field trip in block six, they pretty much were going to graduate. So there was a lot of relief unless they did something, you know, stupid, got themselves in trouble. But they knew what they needed to do in order to graduate. They had gotten through the tough part. So it was an honor to teach them at that level because what I used to say to them is, Exactly what you're talking about, but my description was if I put a room filled with people that were six feet tall, every single person was exactly six feet, and somebody was six feet two inches tall, and I looked at everyone's top of their heads, no matter where that person stood, I could pick them out easily. We're not talking they're the tallest person in the world. So you don't have to put a ton of effort in. You don't have to go so far. What you have to do is you have to smartly put the effort in. I learned a really cool lesson from a guy. It changed the course of my military career. I wasn't super good in the beginning. I didn't have any problem passing stuff and doing things. But 
I said to a guy who was a cross trainee one time who really came into the career field like blazing hot. I was like, dude, how did you go from being a cop before to doing this job? And you're like better than the instructors. And he said, there's five books that guide the entire career field. Everything you need to know is in those books. They're on my nightstand. Every night I read an hour through them. And I thought, huh, the other piece of information, I think I told you this, is he said to me, um, I moved from Germany to Hawaii. And in Hawaii, he said, when you go there, they're going to assign you a trainer. That's just kind of how they do it. But if you really want to be really good at what you're doing, and I did have a, I had a fire in me when I got there. I wanted to be really good at what I did and stand out. He said, go find whoever the best is in every area that you have to be. Who's ever the best at controlling airstrikes? Who's ever the best at maintaining the radios? Who's the best navigator? And learn from those guys and then have your trainer sign off on it. Just talk to your trainer. So I did that. And I learned so much stuff that I would have never, I would have learned 60% from an average guy, but I learned 60% from the best. And then when I was able to apply that thing, I supercharged, I went from average to in 1987, I think the competition was, the fifth worldwide forward air control competition, TACP competition. I finished first in Hawaii. We went and I came in fifth in the world and we, came home with the second place team. Hawaii hadn't finished that high. That was probably the very beginning of my growth mindset because I saw that if I could put steady routine types of training in place and I followed it and I didn't have to be the best at anything, I could finish in the top of everything that I could do great results. But when I saw the guys before me, I just thought those guys were superheroes. How could you ever compete with some of these guys? I mean, they're awesome in everything they do, but nobody's awesome in everything they do. You become above average in all the things that you do, and you are way above whoever is. Somebody's always known for something, right? And you're reminding me of that David Goggins, uh, Can't Hurt Me. He found that out, too, because uh, he was like, look, you might be able to beat me in one thing. But if we're measuring across four things and I can beat you in the other three, I win. Yeah. Right? So, so, so it's about understanding your strengths and, and your unique abilities, really magnifying those. You, you don't have to bring your weakness all the way up to a super strength. Just really work on your strengths and then manage those weaknesses up. And the combination of what you can deliver is going to be so much higher than so many people around you that you're you're going to find yourself in rare error in the top two to five percent, maybe one percent, and you're going to go, "How did I get here?" All I was doing was incremental, steady progression. Again, it's not a sprint; it's a marathon. Most people tire because they just I don't know. We're we're weak. We're pansies. We're 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 like, oh, you know, it's work. Fixed mindset. No, here's what I believe it is. I believe we are inundated with seeing people's success and that we it steals some of the thunder because you're like, well, you know what? I'm never going to get there. But that's not true. We think oftentimes that you see somebody who's successful in one thing and then they start branching out. Maybe they are a musician. They did really good as a musician. Now they're doing clothing. Now they're doing whatever. Like look at Kathy Ireland. She went from kind of a, a model to – She's a billionaire, entrepreneur, businesswoman. It's nothing other than the change of the mindset. When you believe you are capable of doing anything, you then take a chance. And you can't do any greatness if you don't take a chance. Somebody said to me, God, I forget where it was, but actually someone said it to me today, but I didn't go this far. It was when we were meeting with the scouts at Adventure Brewing. Okay. I went up. I moved away from everyone. There was a, a guy and a, a lady sitting at the bar. And, you know, I just like to chat with people. I tried a couple of their ciders, and I was like, you know what? Give me half of this one and half of that one. And the guy looked at me and was like, oh, man, that's, that's pretty cool. You're mixing like you're making your own cider up. And I was like, yeah, I, every now and then I do that. I think one will offset the other one. And he's like, oh, you having a good day? I said, I always have a good day. You know why I have a good day? Because I'm in a video game. I'm my own avatar, and I got the controller. So the controller's my mind. And as long as I keep making the controller do what I wanted to do. 
pressing through my fear of tackling things, knowing that there's, I might have to do it 10 times, but I'm going to figure out a way to get it done. I might have to pull that engine apart and I might have to bring an expert in, which I did when I worked on my daughter's engine. And he said to me, where's the manual? Where's this? So I didn't use it. He said, how did you not blow your engine up? I got mechanics that work for me that if I would have gave this to them, they're seasoned, they would have destroyed their engine. And I said, I hope I didn't. Let me show you what I did. I counted teeth marks on the belt. I marked the positions of everything before I took it off. Then I just put it back in that spot. It was off slightly because there was a bar you needed to put in place. I'm just amazed at how short people sell themselves. And if you do flip your switch on your mind and you start today and you say, I'm not going to let stuff stand in my way. Think about you and I here, right? If there was something that you really, really wanted to do, it had nothing to do with anything other than pleasure. You just wanted to do it, right? Maybe it was a party. I remember this with my, you know, with my son. He'd say, hey, um, I'd like to go out to this place. And I'm like, no, here's why. Boom, he figures out another way, figures out another way, figures out another way. And I used to, be, I used to get mad. I'm like, look, I'm, no is no today, all right? But he figured out a thousand different ways to come at me at every angle, every excuse I gave him. But here's the thing. When there was something that really wasn't like what he wanted to do, he'd give up. Immediately, at the very first sign of resistance, he'd give up. Now, I'm not saying you got to attack everything in your life as if you got to just keep pushing through it. But find those things that are important, that are going to make a difference in your life and your family's life and the people around you. Figure out what those things are and then walk through the steps. And keep saying in your head a mantra, there's nothing that I can't do. I'm going to figure out a way to get it done and then do it. I came to that realization kind of today, not just talking a couple of things that wound up happening. You know, it's 4th of July. 4th of July happens to be my favorite holiday of all holidays. I just, I love it. My family knows I love it. I put on my, uh, it's funny, I have an American flag kind of do-rag and my wife will hide it, which she didn't realize at one point in time is I have like four of them. Uh, we went to a, a rally thing and I put it on. Said, uh, I said, oh man, I forgot my thing. She's, she smiled. And I went in my car and I pulled another one out. She said, how many of those things do you have? <laughs> so that's about, I'm going to get it done. I'm going to figure out a way of getting it done. But I promise you, if you bring people into your life who are energy givers, who are cheerleaders, who are pushing you to be better than you are, and you know that nothing can stop you, then you will start to have success. And once you have success, success breeds success. And you it becomes this snowball. And that's kind of the very last one in the thing is success breeding success. But I want to throw something because you mentioned David Goggins. It's like the second time we mentioned him. Yeah. And his book is life-changing. There's a thing we used to say in the military all the time, and he's taking a fix on it. What I used to say when I was about, you know, I was like, man, you can't break me. What I used to say and look at the other guys is they can't kill me. And if they do, they're going to be in a world of hurt. So I know they can't kill me. So I'm just going to keep going. I'm going to smile at them, and I'm just going to keep going because I want them to think that there's something seriously wrong with me mentally, right? I want them to go home at the end of the night and go, man, that guy, there is seriously something wrong with Gillespie. That guy's got a screw loose. And I know I was able to do it in a lot of times, but the only way you can do that is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. You have to embrace the suck. Life sucks. Life has pain. There's a bunch of different things that are bad in life, but the more comfortable you can make yourself with being uncomfortable and I think this kind of ruined my butt because I, I used to not be able to gain weight. When I was younger, everyone used to say, man, you, the way you eat. But when I was 18 years old, I was going to college. I was working in a pizza place, and I was working at Burger King at night, and I was sleeping in between. And, you know, I'd eat a little bit at Burger King. But somebody made me a bet, and somebody asked me one time, well, how much did you win? I didn't win anything. It was an honor bet. And they bet that I couldn't go 24 hours without eating. And I said, yeah, I bet I could go a week without eating. I didn't eat a morsel of food working in two food places for a week. Wow. The first two days was painful. But after that, the first thing I ate was this meatball at the pizza place I worked at. I pulled it on the steam table. I brought it over. I ate it. 
And I was like, oh, I couldn't keep it down. So I think I really screwed my metabolism up because from that point forward, I never had a problem with gaining weight again. <laughs> right? So uh, your mind is so powerful, you literally could do anything you want. I don't care what you say is impossible. I say it's not. We just maybe haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, it kind of brings in a, a previous conversation that we had. One, one of the points that David Goggins kind of emphasizes in his book is that we don't ever tap into 100% of our potential. It's only when we've gone to the point where we don't think we can go anymore that we realize we've got more gears and we've got reserves and we can tap into those reserves and we can keep pushing. So that book's a really good uh, book. There, there's also a, a very popular clip in Facing the Giants, right, where he's making the football player do the death crawl. He, he blindfolds him because he doesn't want him to see how, how far, you know, when, when he can give up. Yeah. And he's like, I, I want you to, I, I don't want you to look at how far you're going. I just want you to give me everything you've got. And you can't stop until you've got, given me everything you've got. Has the football player go on his back. And, and he's just down there shouting at him, shouting at him, shouting at him. And, and he thinks he's done, but he can still go one more. And then he can still go one more and one more. We should put that clip in the bottom of this thing. Yes. Because, you know, when I saw that too, the hair in the back of my neck raises up because we literally have so much left in the tank. Yep. That what, what you don't want to do, and you, you hear me all the time, we get about 2.5 billion seconds, and we're going to sleep a third of that. That's such a short period of time when you look at how much time was out there. We are a, we're not even a blink. From the beginning of the universe – if it was a time clock, literally humanity shows up in like the last second of a 24-hour period. So we are here for such a short period of time. We can have such tremendous impact if we just focus ourselves in that general area. So when you think you can't do anymore, you can keep doing it. Now, when you lead PT in the job that I was in, you know when you're going to stop. But even knowing when I was going to stop sometimes, I would get energy. My arms would be burning. We'd be doing whatever, arm rotations. And my arms would be burning, but I would be feeding on the energy of two things. One, I get to choose when we stop. I get stop any time. And two, they don't know when I'm going to stop. So I get to have fun by standing up here. As much as it's painful on me, it is a 100 times more painful because they could think we're going for another hour. What I figured out at one time, this was, the, this was actually – my time as an instructor was some of the most valuable time I ever got in my life. And I'm going to tell you why. And this goes to mindset again, right? When I was going through Romad school and you got in trouble, you know, an instructor would be right there and you, they would what's called smoke you. They would stand there. So you get in trouble and you think, this was my mindset. Man, that dude is thinking nothing but about me because I'm looking at it from my frame of reference. You start thinking, maybe I should quit because I, I pissed them off, right? We got 60 days of runway to go on this thing, and this guy is just going to make my life miserable, so maybe I should just give up. My mind doesn't really let me quit in a lot of things. I just keep pushing through. But the real turn came when I became an instructor. When I became an instructor, I got bored when somebody, I punished somebody for doing something. And then I'd get quickly get bored. I'd move on, and I wouldn't give them another thought. And then I thought to myself, the revelation came, holy cow, that's how everyone is. So I used that to my advantage. When I went to jump school, I was in real good shape. We came right out of a competition. The instructor, one of the instructors there was really messing with me, and he was told to mess with me. It was put on his radar. And I just decided I was going to just give it back to him. I did one-arm push-ups at one time. From that point, he said, now on, Smarty, you got to do one-arm push-ups when we drop you. And I was like, uh-oh. You can tap into different levels. I mean, if we're a five-speed person, there's like 15 other gears that you can put yourself into. And each time you drop into a new gear, you know what you say? Man, I didn't know I had that in me. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. Yep. Uh, how many times you're a runner? How many times you run and you – I guarantee we all do the same thing, right? I can remember my best run. 
In, in my best run, I kept waiting for my buddy who always beat me. I kept waiting for him to pass me. And in my head, I kept saying, man, keep going, keep going. He's not going to pass you. And then I put another person in his place. And I kept saying, this guy is right on you, man. If you slow down, everyone's going to see him pass you when you get done. And you are no longer going to be anything other than he got you. And that's all you're going to live with. Well, and, and you know, so, so John, there's, there, there's some things that we can do here to prepare ourselves to, to hit these high gears and, and to be in shape to hit these high gears, right? So when we're out there doing stuff, uh, pl- make it a game. Play, like, like you said, you, you're an avatar and, and you, you got the controller, right? So um, when, when I, uh, yeah, I grew up long distance running, when I lived in Southwest Virginia, it's nothing but hills. And no one likes to run hills. If I want to stand out from everyone else, if I want to develop a greater sprint ability, greater endurance, greater lung capacity, what do I do? I run hills. But I don't just run hills. I sprint hills. Because if I can sprint up that hill to where my legs can't go anymore, and then I slow down and I jog for a little bit, and then I sprint again, and then I slow down and I jog a little bit, and then I sprint again, my body will build and build and build. And then when I'm on the hill in a race, guess what happens? I can fly past everyone else who's avoided the hills because they didn't have a growth mindset. Uh, you know, five speeds and, and actually having 15 additional speeds um, and, and referencing running. You know, I, I remember I traveled to Salt Lake one day. I was going there for a conference um, and it didn't start until about two o'clock. And, you know, I was up and, you know, it was eight or, eight or nine o'clock and it was, we were downtown and I went down to the hotel front desk and I said, hey, where can I run around here where I'm not going to be running, you know, block to block, stoplight to stoplight, right? And she's like, oh, if you go up a couple and, and then hang a left, there's a park up there and it goes up a canyon. And so I don't know where I'm going. And I just go and, and I find it and I start running. And I'm running up this, this canyon. And normal, I, I was just going to go out for 30 minutes. But then I see these people coming past me the other direction they've got these little race bibs on right with numbers and stuff like that. and i'm like what's going on here so curiosity gets the best of me mm-hmm. so i keep going because i want to see what's going on finally i get to the end of the road where the people are coming out of of, of this dirt trail and they've got a little table there with water cups and stuff like that and i am like thirsty i don't know how long i've been going and I'm like, hey, can I grab some of that water? And the, and, and the guy there at the, the table is like, well, well, yeah. He's like, where are you coming from? I said, well, I was staying down at that hotel. He's like, dude, that's nine miles away. This race that they're running is an 18-mile race. It was called a steeplechase, right? He said, dude, you could spin around and run back with these people and finish the race, and you would, you would run 18 miles. I, I was like, I, I could do that. I could jump in and run with these guys. He's like, absolutely. So I jumped in and, and I ran with these people and they ran through the finish line. I didn't run through the finish line. I didn't. I thought that was kind of dumb and cheesy. But I was like, I went out for a few mile run and I end up running an 18 mile race, right? So that's not to say anything special about me other than if we... we will reject putting limits on our abilities and our thinking. It is amazing. And, and, and I wasn't like, I mean, I, I came in, I showered, and I went to a conference, a weekend conference, right? It wasn't like I was in bed for, you know, three days trying to recover, right? Yeah. So there is so much potential, so many gears that we've got. And I'm telling you, if you will fight and practice hard, if you will if you'll take the limits off of your thinking and off of your mind and you'll, you'll play a game with yourself and you'll, you'll sprint those hills in whatever you're doing in your life, not because it feels good because it sucks, right? But because you're playing a game with yourself to develop your ability 
and, and to, to, to rise out of that sea of sameness, it is amazing where you will show up in this world. And, and, and as you look around, you're going to go, wow, I am in rare air here. How did I get here? How am I at 1%? And it's because you were willing to do stuff that a lot of other people aren't willing to do because a fixed mindset is so comfortable because we can have excuses and we can blame others and we cannot take responsibility for where we're at because everyone else is responsible for what's happening to us, right? Yep. Here's what I would say in wrapping that up a little bit, right? Like 85% of people, they're happy with the status quo. We're not talking to the 85. 15% of the people aren't happy with the status quo, but about 10 of them, 10% of those people, they're going to try stuff. And maybe they don't have the perseverance to go through. Maybe they got limits on the way they think, and they just don't keep pushing all the way through. And it's usually right before they quit that the break was going to happen. Then you get down to 5% of people, and that's where you really start breaking out. But that's exponentially each percentage from 5 to 1 is not really 1%. I mean, it's like total different levels. Wouldn't it be really cool, like going back to the video games, somebody asks your age. Sometimes that's a limiting thing. How old are you? I'm 55. No, you know what I am? I'm level 55 in my avatar game. We like levels, right? Yeah. Somebody said to you, Whatever, whatever video game you might play, a lot of people play video games, right? Hey, man, what level are you? And you hear the person's level, you automatically think about the dedication and stuff. When you hear 55, people are like, okay, boomer. No, man, I'm level 55. I fought to get here. I'm, I, I'm still hoping I'm only halfway to the finish line. I want to keep giving it everything I got. So why don't we do this? Because we're, we're definitely running this one a little bit on time. I have written up here some fixed mindset things, some growth mindset things. We'll kind of just tick them off so that we can wrap it up with thinking, if you think this way, it's a fixed mindset. Here's how you can change it, right? Yeah, so, let's do it. Fixed mindset avoids challenges. Growth mindsets, and it's behind here a little bit. So views challenges as an opportunity. Fixed mindset shies away from things that you don't know. Growth acknowledges and embraces your weaknesses. Fixed, unable to handle criticism and feedback. Growth, learns to give and receive constructive criticism. The difference between feedback and criticism, you know what it is? It's all in how I receive it. It's a receiver, right? Because if I want to criticize you and you'll only take it as feedback, that's proof that I don't have control over that. Because I'm literally trying to make you feel bad, but you won't allow it to happen. That's right. It has to be with the receiver. Uh, intelligence and talent is static and doesn't develop post-birth. Fixed. Focus on the process and not necessarily the end result. Threatened by success of others. Embraces and inspired by success of others. Understand failure as a limiting ability. Understand failure as an opportunity to grow. And then the final one is gives up easily, persist in the face of setbacks. Look at those things. Figure out we all, there's all aspects. You said this earlier. There's all aspects that we somehow have that's fixed. And then for some of us, we are on a continuum with growth. So you want to keep pushing yourself toward the growth thing. So Understand, again, we'll go down, understand all those things. Nothing is impossible that you can complete anything you desire to complete if your desire is strong enough. Question your assumptions that past performance does not indicate future results. I today am not what I will be in 10 years. Develop a life curriculum. So that's your plan on how you're going to grow and feed your brain. Become the avatar of your own video game. Put the controller in your hand and push through fear, take chances, push the envelope, stand outside of the crowd. My mother used to say to me, hey, if everyone jumped off a bridge, would you jump off the bridge? I would be like, no, I would jump off the bridge if nobody else was jumping off the bridge because <laughs> that would be fun, right? <laughs> and, then, and then at the end of it, success breeds success. Build on it. Be the architect of your own life. 
and embrace the suck because the entire journey is not designed to be pleasant. And if you know that going in, you have a better chance of coming out the other side much better than you started out. To wrap it up at the very end here, I always thought, what if you didn't get to walk until you were an adult? Now, imagine a baby. I got my my grandchild, and I begin to get to watch her develop. You pick her up, fall down, pick her up, fall down. First, they start to crawl a little bit. If we had to learn to walk as adults, most people with the mindset they currently have today would quit. They just would It would be too hard. Thank God we learn to walk when we don't have any limitations that we build on top of ourselves over the years and years of hearing all those energy suckers that are out there. Put those energy givers in your life. Put cheerleaders around you and do incredible things because everyone is capable of great things. Judge it off yourself, not off others. Amen, brother. I couldn't say it better. Uh, and, and hey, not yet, not yet. Use that word instead of, of, of looking at a wall. If you ever find yourself getting caught up in, oh, you know, hey, not yet, not yet, not yet. Look past your challenges. Look past, you know, those obstacles. You know, John, this has been an awesome topic. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love this. And, let's put a challenge out to everyone like we generally do, right? Let's do it. Pick one thing, just one thing in the next week where you know your mind wants to give up, whether it's running or you're lifting weights or whatever it is that you're doing, right when you want to quit, one more. I got one more in me. I got one more in me. When you have a personal trainer or you're in the military and you got some guy screaming, you know, guy or gal screaming at you, one more. You know, It's not, say, the first 20 push-ups or the first 20 lifts with weights that are important, it is the one more that the growth occurs in. And every time you push through one more, you exponentially get stronger and stronger. So that's your challenge for this week. Find those things that you say, okay, I'm done, and go one more, and then one more, and one more, until you impress yourself. Amen, brother. I think that's an awesome challenge. So we would like to hear from you uh, in the comments below about one of those, uh, you know, if you're willing to share. Hey, what, what are some of those things that, that you're going to uh, work on with the one more? And then uh, give us your results. I mean, what, what did you do? How did you feel? And uh, what did you realize about yourself? Really want to hear about those extra gears that you're finding as you do push yourself. Embrace that growth mindset. Identify any of those fixed or limiting mindsets that you've got. Jump on those and start breaking those up. Hey, life has so much opportunity. You are such a unique and powerful person. Let's go find what you're capable of. Let's go grow into the best you that you can be. This has been an awesome opportunity to connect with you today, and we really appreciate your time. John, you want to wrap it up with anything else? You know, I think we're good and an awesome week. All right, you too, John.